guys welcome back to floral couch conversations i'm emily and i'm Alyssa, and it's our very first book club episode so excited i was just trying to think of something funny to say related to books like page excited but it wasn't working <laughs> i don't know sure. i'll work on it for our next book club so episode. we're talking about bad blood by john carrie rue which is the book about theranos it was like the takedown of theranos basically so if you haven't read the book Stop this right now, save it for later, finish the book, or start it. Yeah, and we will... And come back. Yeah. And I really liked this book, so this is one that I would actually recommend reading before listening to this. And I, w- I probably won't say that for every book we read, because we don't know until we read it, but... And you're a tough critic. I'm a tough critic. <laughs> so I'm told. Just kidding. Okay, so we have just a list of questions that are going to guide our discussion here. So, should we just jump right in? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. The first question is, do you think Elizabeth Holmes set out to do something impossible or just difficult? Do you think she had even a remote chance of developing a successful test? So, I don't know anything about blood testing other than what I've read in this book. So, I don't know if it's possible. And I guess maybe it is if they just kept doing research, like years and years of more research instead of just like saying, I have this idea and we're going to do it and we're going to start to try to sell it before it's even a thing, which is basically what she did. I guess I can't say whether it's possible or not, but I just think that she went about it the wrong way. I would agree. I feel like I'd love to believe that it's possible one day because technology keeps evolving and that would be great that they could do, you know, 70 plus blood tests with like just a droplet of blood. However, I feel like her main goal wasn't really to cure or to make this blood test. It was to get fame and notoriety. Mm -hmm. And so because that was her goal, she was never going to take the steps to get there. So I don't think she had a chance to actually succeed. Why do you think Elizabeth Holmes dated Sonny Balwani? Oh my gosh, if you look at the pictures, (laughs) because we had a version of the book that had pictures in the middle, and Sunny was like a creepy old man, and she was like a 25-year-old. I don't know, maybe that's just what she was into, but but I also think that she was very good, and like I'm sure we'll get to this later, but she was really good at manipulating people to get what she wanted and I think she wanted something out of Sonny which whether that was his money or just his help running the company because he had run his own company she did whatever she could to get him to do whatever she wanted yeah I don't know what his motivation was other than dating a younger woman and all that goes with that because he didn't really need to profit off of this company but was like heavily involved Mm -hmm. but but he was already like super successful in his own right so yeah yeah, I don't know well for him it could have been like he felt like teaching her things that's true and so it was like his doing basically and maybe he didn't need to profit off of it, but he wanted to. Yeah. So he just kept it going. And maybe he was just as crazy because it kind of sounds like he was. Well, yeah. <laughs> Evidenced by the fuck you chance that they did at team meetings. Yeah, that is one of the things that surprised me the most. So I can't, can you imagine like going to work at an all hands meeting or like a town hall? I worked in corporate communications where like you plan those meetings for employees. Like the kumbaya ones? (laughs) Or just the meetings where you like tell people how the financials are going and like where, where the company's going. And my job was basically to tell the CEO and like the leaders of the company what to say 
and I that's like my worst nightmare that they would start chanting yeah well and I just feel like in a work environment I'm like still shocked when people swear in general not that it bothers me but like it just like feels uncomfortable yes. yeah I'm not bothered by swearing but in general like I'm not like offended but it definitely I get taken aback by it like my last boss whenever he was really stressed he would like let the f-bombs fly and it bothered me and not in like a it's just like okay we even really yeah. need to say that yeah because I feel like I'm even taken aback when I like catch myself like mm-hmm. if I'm like my computer just froze and I lost all my work yeah. and I'll be like shit or f and then I'll be like oh oops like I like startle myself yeah (laughs) well I think people sometimes use it as like it slips out when you're upset or Mm -hmm. like something happens but I also think people use it as shock value to like try to get you to pay more attention to them and this is kind of going off on a tangent about swearing but that's okay and so it's a fine line and sometimes it's overused which I think most of the time yeah. I feel like either sometimes it slips out, people use it for shock value, or people use it so often in their vocabulary that they just, like, can't think of other words to use, and mm-hmm. it's yeah. sad. Definitely. <laughs> I have known some people Right? Like that. <laughs> Next question. Why do you think Theranos was able to raise such a huge amount of capital? I think people really wanted to believe that it was possible. Mm-hmm. Is one reason. I think, going back to what we just said, is that... The manipulation... Elizabeth was really, really good at just manipulating people and apparently had hypnotizing eyes and (laughs) would just rally people and get them to believe it was possible and that it was possible. And they were just like, okay, sweet. That's amazing. Here's my money. I just kept thinking, like, this feels too easy. Can I just go out and ask billionaires to do something? I definitely thought that, too. Because I was like, she didn't actually make a product, so can I just, yeah, have them give me millions of dollars and I'll pretend I'm working on something? I don't know. Yeah, I think she, like, played on whatever people's weakness was. Like, the guy who was, like, a grandfather, I feel like he she, like, played the part of, like, granddaughter who, like, wants to be successful and needs your help. And 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 then also it could have been, like, a sexual thing in some other places. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, she was, like, everything to everybody, mm-hmm. which is interesting. But, yeah, even, the, like, Walgreens and Safeway, it's amazing because you grow up thinking CEOs of companies must be, like, geniuses they must be so smart and like they know what they're doing and I have so much to learn from them but then like even I've been in experiences where I'm interacting with the CEO or like someone higher up and it's like what okay dude no yeah I feel like there's a saying that like the sign of a good boss is to like just trust your people to do what they're supposed to do Mm -hmm. so from that perspective like I get it but also like they had to know a lot of things to get to where they are And so, like, yeah, like, the lack of due diligence for, like, Walgreens and Safeway, like you said, Mm -hmm. in these companies, just, like, the blind trust. I'm like, wait a second. Like, real people in Arizona went into Walgreens thinking that whatever was they were taking this test was, like, trustworthy. And that's definitely something we would, I would have done anyway because, like, Walgreens is a brand I trust. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just so interesting how. So the corner of happy and healthy. Is that? Is that their saying? I think it is. (laughs) I love it. What do they say whenever you check out there, too? Be well. Be well. I think. Yes. I think you're right. <laughs> what do you think of Richard Fui's filing patents that he knew Theranos would need in the future? Okay, that was crazy. Random 
neighbor I was thinking about the next door neighbors of my parents and like what if they had something to do with my career now which is really weird um (laughs) but at first I was like mad at him because why would you do that yeah you're like trying to set her up to fail yeah like a young professional which as young professionals I was like come on yeah we need all the help we can get like he was hurt that she didn't ask him for help but she might not have even known what he did, you know? Right. Maybe she didn't want to ask him for help. So I think what he did was a little extreme. Like, if he was a nice person, he probably would have been like, hey, let me in on your company and I can help you. And, like, he maybe would have, well, who knows? Yeah. Maybe well, he knew she was going to fail all along and he just wanted to, like, get some more money off of it. Probably, but then it didn't work out for him. Right. Because they lost the lawsuit and, yeah, the main witness. Yeah, because the main witness killed himself. Yeah, which is just, like, crazy. Another, like, super sad thing that happened because of all of this. All of these lies. hmm Do you think the errors at Theranos are unique to them, or do you think that they are common in the startup world? I think they're probably common. Maybe not on such a large scale, but you're gonna fail before you make it, and... I'm sure her idol, Steve Jobs, failed a lot. (laughs) Well, that's the point they made in the book, right? Like, it's saying startups, and most startups are technology. So if your phone fails, big whoop. Yeah. But this is a medical device Mm -hmm. that's, like, telling people whether or not they have a disease or something wrong with them. So the consequences of it failing are... Yeah. And that's why it's so crazy that, like, it it got into into Walgreens stores in Arizona and... Almost went into Safeway because... And they never even had shown that it worked. Mm -mm. Just the blind faith, like, boggles my mind. The other thing I think about... This probably happens at companies a lot, but they also probably do testing and make sure a product works and spend a lot more time Mm -hmm. testing it and making sure it works before sending it to market, having it as a consumer product, which obviously in this case, Theranos did not wait at all. Yeah. To have a usable product. Do you think that Elizabeth Holmes was targeted or made an example of because she was a woman? Yes and no. I have mixed feelings as well. I think they probably made a big deal out of it in the beginning because she was like first woman in Silicon Valley. Yeah, her fame when she was doing good was so high profile. Yeah, because of that. But I think some of the language in the book is a little like focusing on things that like you probably wouldn't focus on in a man. Like he focused a lot on her appearance and her clothes and 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 like maybe you would have if it was a man, but probably not. No, because like, I don't feel like like we talked about the Sonny's appearance. Yeah. And I don't remember hearing much of a description, which is why I was shocked no. that he was so like Yeah. Old man ish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, obviously he was old, but yeah, his appearance was, like, I not what I pictured in my head, but yeah. her I had, like, a complete right. vision of. Yeah. And maybe it's because he's not as big of part of the story, but still, yeah, it felt a little biased in certain regards. I don't know, because would you compare it to, like, Fire Festival? Obviously, Fire Festival was, like, smaller scale, but they made a similar example out of Billy, what's his name? I don't remember, but I know who you're talking about. Billy McFarlane. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I was trying to think about, too. Like, anyone that commits fraud, I feel like the wanting to break the story as a journalist is probably, like, regardless of gender, is probably going to mm-hmm. happen. And then whoever that journalist is probably has some, like, what are, what's the bias that you can't see? Unno- unknown bias? That doesn't... Whatever. Bias. You know what I mean. Yeah. (laughs) In their writing. So, like... Yeah. But I don't feel that it was intentional by the journalist. 
No. But just, like, ingrained. Right. Which is stupid and annoying, but... We're working on it, world. Yeah. (laughs) Employees who left were pressured to sign non-disclosure agreements. Are non-disclosure agreements common in your line of work, and what do you think of them? Do startups need them to protect their ideas? I feel like you would have an interesting perspective on this, Emily. Non-disclosures? Yeah. Or no, you have not... You've had non-competes before. Yeah, I've signed non-competes because whenever you're working... I don't know. I feel like it is common if you're working... For a company that like there's a lot of competitors it can be hard because you sign a non-compete and then you can't go to another company that sells the same products or does the same things like that happened to me where i like couldn't take a job because it was going to violate a non-compete that mm-hmm. i signed and it was really annoying <laughs> but whatever um but i've i have signed non- non-disclosure agreements for just working in corporate communications because you find out a lot of stuff about the company that you're not supposed to tell anyone. That's like not public information. Yeah. So, uh, and like I would be, I would I would have to attend a lot of like meetings with leadership people and the CEO and like be listening to what was going on and not be able to talk about it. So yeah. I don't really work with, like, specific clients per se, but I feel like when starting my job in general, I had a signed document saying I wouldn't, like, reveal any proprietary information, which I feel like is normal for companies, Mm -hmm. and especially startups who are trying to make their money on, based on an idea that they can't get leaked, because otherwise there's going to be competition. However, I also feel like most companies, and maybe this isn't normal in startups, but, like, I would assume your company has, like, a whistleblower hotline or something. Yeah. Where, like, people can anonymously, like, report things that, like, wrongdoing, Mm -hmm. which, and maybe, I have no idea if that's common in the startup world, but I feel like that would be a way to, like, have that, have the best of both worlds, I guess. Yeah. Who do you think was the hero of heroes in Bad Blood? I feel like Tyler Schultz was definitely imperative in the takedown. Like, he was one of the main leakers of information. Yeah, well, and he even, like... Was willing to write off his grandfather yeah. to do what was right, mm-hmm. which is just, like, shows a high ethical yeah, line. Yeah, like willing to, like, go behind his grandfather's back, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, damage that relationship. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I would hopefully do the same thing in that situation. I probably would have been, as soon as they started chanting F you in the meeting, I'd have been like, I'm out of here. Yeah. This is too culty. But then, so you leave that, right? Mm-hmm. You're not a fan of that. They tell you that they're going to sue you if you talk to a journalist that calls you, but you know all this shady stuff is happening. Mm-hmm. I would like to think I'd do the right thing, but mm-hmm. also, like, I don't get threatened with lawsuits very often, so... True. It's... Yeah. You don't? I mean, I was served papers once. <laughs> but... Separate story. Separate story. But yeah, I would say Tyler Schultz, probably. Agreed. I don't... For some reason, I don't really like the journalist guy. Like, he kind of bothers me. He wrote a really good book, but... It's interesting, because I went into bo- our book club with our friends, thinking, like, this was such a good book. And then, like, it kind of took the discussion to make me realize, like, how biased he was, which mm-hmm. I don't know what that says about my bias, or if I just, like, read over it, or what. Maybe need to do some more analyzing of that. But yeah, and then I left it thinking, oh, he was a little... Yeah. Well, I think he wrote an amazing story. Like, he took everything that he had researched and turned it into, like, a super compelling novel, basically. Yeah. But then when it got to the end where it was from his perspective, I was like, okay. It was kind of smug. Yeah. 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 
That's true. That's true. It was just more of the tone than anything. Mm -hmm. So, Emily, any final thoughts about the book? Anything we haven't discussed? I'm just just interested to see what happens now. Like, I knew a little bit about this, and I heard a few months ago when she was indicted and everything, but but reading the book, I'm, like, super invested Mm -hmm. in the story now, and I am interested to see what happens. Yeah. When is her actual trial again? July 28th, 2020. They face up to 20 years in prison. And she's engaged to some other man. Yes. And just living the life right now. Right. Like, and he is like the heir of a hotel chain. So there's money there. Crazy. The, the other final thoughts I had is a few things. One, we talked about Tyler Schultz and I didn't realize how attractive he was. <laughs> Based on the pictures in the book. We're going to so, look him up. Hero. Yes, we did look him up. Not only is he ethical, he's very easy on the eyes. Her is voice. Is this your bias? Probably. Um, I mean, it's my opinion. <laughs> Can you stop commenting on his appearance? <laughs> I mean. I'm just kidding. I talked about his personality first. <laughs> his ethics. <laughs> and then we also looked up a YouTube video of her voice. Mm-hmm. Which is, like... Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about her voice. Yeah, so she, like, pretended to have a deep voice. Would you have bought it, do you think? No. It felt fake. Like, it felt like if I was trying to do a man's voice. Super fake, and yes, it gets attention, but I get the point. Like, she's trying to get attention because she's a woman and historically, like, have not been listened to or, like, get passed over for things, and... So I get the point that it's, like, trying to grab attention, but I feel like that almost sets sets us back because it's like, okay, well, if we still have to change mm-hmm. a characteristic about ourselves to be treated equally, then we're not doing ourselves any favors. Agreed. And actually, you just said something that made me think, like, the whole book, I was mad at her because I feel like she did set us back. Like, the world was taking a female entrepreneur seriously. She was the first female on, I think, like, a a Forbes cover. And then, like, I mean, maybe the world will accept the next person to come around and have a great idea, the next woman. But I just was like, come on, the one time we're celebrating a woman well it's not the one time there have been other successful women plenty of other successful women entrepreneurs maybe not in silicon valley but yeah i I don't know i get that point but i i don't want to believe that like i just i want to believe that we're still moving in the right direction even though this happened yeah and she was crazy right there's crazy men before who've tried to start companies that's true so yeah maybe it won't have a big effect so we'll see we will see Actually, probably the all that will come from this, hopefully, is more due diligence from regardless of who's in charge of Because I feel like that's that could have helped mm-hmm. this whole scenario. The other thing I thought was interesting is when um, John was first investigating this, is it Murdoch? Yeah. That owns the Wall Street Journal, mm-hmm. and he had invested in Theranos and had his investment on the line. And was like, I trust my people. And I was like, that's interesting because then you have... You have, like, wealthy people like that that are just like, okay, let's do the right thing. And then you had a wealthy person like Fuis who wanted to get that patent and just, like, get wealthier. Mm-hmm. But, so I found that interesting and surprising and good. <laughs> yeah. It was, like, pocket change for him how this much is he invested. True. This is true. He was Rupert Murdoch, but... I mean, me trying to find the bright side. Yeah. <laughs> I think if you build, like, such a huge, like 
empire journalism should hopefully trust the people you hire. That was going back to to good leaders. Right. Trusting the people you hire to do their job. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I had a professor in my freshman year of college. It was, like, my first ever journalism communication class, and she was, like, this old lady who was obsessed with Rupert Murdoch, and, like, all she ever talked about was Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> so that's what it makes me think of. I love it. I actually don't know that much about him other than he owns the Wall Street Journal and has a lot of money. Overall, would you recommend someone reads it? I would. And if you're someone who doesn't normally read nonfiction book, I would for sure recommend it because it's it's a really good story, but it also is good information about something that's hap- like that happened. And that's why I like doing a book club with other people because or following different book lists and things because it, it just like puts books in front of you that you wouldn't normally see or think to read so I would say yeah try it out I love it yeah I would agree with that I don't usually read nonfiction, but it read like a fiction mm-hmm. okay well I that's all we have for our first book club if you guys had any thoughts on the questions we just talked about or if you hated the book if you love the book let us know send us an email floralcouchconversations at gmail.com or comment on our facebook post or instagram at floralcouchconversations and tune in for our next episode and our next book club book you can pick that up and read along and have book club along with us it's going to be eleanor oliphant is completely fine by gail honeyman the novel focuses on 29 year old eleanor oliphant a social misfit who becomes enamored of a singer she sees performing named johnny lamond whom she believes she is destined to be with. It deals with themes of isolation and loneliness. So if that interests you, pick it up. Our book club episode will come out on September 30th. Let's get reading. Yes. Thanks for joining us on the Floral Couch for Book Club. Thanks, everybody. We hope you come back for our next episode next week. Don't forget to leave us five stars and tell all your friends about Floral Couch Conversations. Bye. Bye.